As hair salons and barbers open back up during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us are venturing back into salons where stylists hover just inches from our face. So what steps can you take to help you stay as safe as possible? This is Gina DiPietro with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. In this episode, Brandi Edwards talks with Dr. Harriet Wheeler, who explains the safety protocols you should expect, red flags to watch out for, and questions you should be asking. Well, you know, I think everybody's probably chomping at the bit um, to stop cooking, stop going to the grocery store to stock up and maybe let someone else do the cooking and enjoy some time, you know, out away from our homes. So can you tell us what kind of precautions we need to be mindful of as we go back to eating out in restaurants? So there are several things that are that come to mind that are very helpful. One, social distancing. We, we must continue to do that. We need to make sure that we're standing or seated at least six feet away from other customers or patrons, you know, regardless where you're going. So, you know, if there are dine-in options and the weather permits eating outside because, you know, you have more ventilation outside, it's probably preferred. Um, I would recommend, as it has been recommended for all of us, to wear a mask. Um, That protects you and it protects others. However, when you're eating, you know, you're going to have to take your mask off. So you need to be mindful of, you know, where you're going to store the mask and those things. Don't just flop it on the table because, um, you know, it's going to pick up germs, even though, you know, we're supposed to be seeing more cleaning and sanitation and sanitizing going on in between patrons, basically. So whether it's, you know, dining out or at a salon, um, the menu is the big thing. So most places have an online menu and, you know, I would not be using a menu that can be reused. So either it should be touchless, you know, meaning it's on your mobile device that you can kind of order from there. Or it should be something that's throwaway. So, okay. and, and, and if you're in doubt, I always say it's better to be prepared. So just have some gloves, you know, just have a pair of gloves maybe in your, your pocket or in your purse if you're a female and use them for that and then discard of them, you know, but that's one of the big things because we often touch menus and then we eat You need to wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before you're eating and after the meal. And definitely if you make a trip to the restroom, always wash your hands. Um, That's those are are the biggest things I can think of. I mean, I would also remind people to just be mindful of what's going on around you. So if your server comes up to you or your stylist, if you're in a salon and they don't have a mask, I would probably consider leaving, you know, because what is that saying? I mean, they're serving people, they're around people, so they need to be wearing a mask. And if, if you see things that, you know, raise the questions of, is it safe? You know, you, it's okay to ask management, you know, are you all checking temperatures, uh, X, Y, Z, you know, what, what things have you put in place to make sure I'm safe as well as your employees? Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I love the idea of just taking a little extra time to be prepared as you go in. Um, I hadn't even really thought about, you know, once you get there and 
all they have is a menu that may be circulated to other folks and, you know, you just totally open yourself up to potential infection. So that's great advice. Um, I know a lot of people, as we think about going back into retail or restaurants or other service industry facilities, you know, any time before COVID bathrooms and dining surfaces and things like that, you know, probably we're always a little bit nervous about. So talk to us a little bit about warning signs or red flags in COVID or post COVID-19 that, you know, we really need to think about in terms of keeping ourselves safe. So a big one is the restroom. You know, I often say a, a restaurant's or an establishment's restroom, but especially a restaurant, often tells you a lot about the cleanliness of the kitchen. I mean, because you've got to take care of both areas. So, you know, one of the things, if we're suggesting that you wash your hands when you arrive, is, you know, to make sure you're being mindful when you go to the restroom. Is there soap? And, you know, obviously there is water, but are the restrooms dirty? And, you know, are there hand-drying materials available? Or with the dining surfaces, is it, is it still wet? And if so, what is it mm-hmm. wet with? Um, does it look clean or unclean? Um, so those things are important. Just even also um, things as such as like waiting areas. Like if everybody's crowded in one spot, you know, that says a lot about their infection control because they should have something in place that maybe you wait in your car you know, until you're ready to be serviced or something of that nature. So um, I would say definitely looking at whether the bathrooms are dirty, looking at the dining surfaces and looking at the arrangement of space in the restaurant or in the salon. Are things spaced at least six feet apart? Do they appear to be that way? So on and so forth. Now, I heard you um, talk a little bit about asking questions, you know, it's okay in this age of, you know, post COVID-19 or really any time to ask the question, to ask to speak to someone in leadership at the facility, um, to to ask them what they're doing in terms of safety practices. So can you talk a little bit more about that in relation to perhaps the workers that are there and some of the other safety protocols that we're hearing put in place. Yes, it's always cool to ask what precautions, you know, are you taking to keep your workers or your customers safe? Um, Specifically, have you implemented any new or updated policies? So that's something that I did recently because I needed a manicure the day that everything came back open as far as May 26 for me um, I was asking those questions by text before I arrived it was kind of like a quiz because I wanted to make sure that they had changed some things they were already doing a lot of good things but that they had changed some things so I don't think there's anything wrong with that Um, and then you know it's okay to ask about times of the day that maybe they're servicing more high risk uh, customers so like your seniors or people who are immunocompromised maybe because they're, they're on chemotherapy or some, some kind of suppression therapy. And then, you know, how, what is your bathroom policy? Like, is it being disinfected after each person uses it? How do we ensure, you know, or is it now off limits? So, you know, that, that's a good question even before you go, because 
you may find that a lot of places have closed their restrooms or, you know, you're able to go in and wash your hands, but then who's sanitizing after that? Um, and then as far as um, steps to prevent from having large gatherings, like, you know, what, what is the new policy for waiting or once I arrive in the entry area or when it's time to leave, you know, is that being paced? And I think those are a few as far as, I don't think restaurants are doing temperature checks, but I know salons are definitely doing them because they're really, you know, it's kind of intimate. Right. And let's talk a little bit more about salons and barbershops. You know, typically those are places that um, the person that is servicing you is in tight quarters with you or perhaps touching you as needed. And so what, what are some things that we need to be doing or that we should be looking for um, to make sure that we are going to remain safe as we jump back into receiving these services? So one of the things, let's just say you're going to a salon if you're you know, having your hair shampooed. Um, in addition to wearing a mask, I would suggest that you take a pair of goggles. They don't have to be, you know, something that we would use in a medical office, but something to protect your eyes. Um, Just because water sometimes can splash or, you know, things can, their hands are, you know, the stylist's hands are in water. It might splash on you or something like that. And there have been reported cases of people contracting, you know, COVID from, you know, contact with their eyes. So that's one thing. And then, you know, the capes that they use to drape you, maybe seeing if they're using single use or now you see them stacking them up because normally you just see them kind of shake them off and then they put it on the next person. So that's one thing. If you have access to something that you can protect yourself with, then maybe you take that with you just to be on the safe side in case they are reusing capes. They shouldn't be, but you know, if you don't feel comfortable Um, and then seeing if like, if the nail technician, if they're using single applicators, brushes, nail files, or asking, can you bring your own polish, which they may say no, because that's you bringing something in that could contain COVID. Um, So those are a few things. Also not taking food and drink into these establishments, obviously not into a restaurant, but sometimes people take their own food. I mean, yeah, take a drink or a snack or some food into a salon and that, that shouldn't occur. Um, so that's just a few things I can think of. Okay, that that's great advice. I hadn't thought about many of those. So I think it'll definitely go a long way for our listeners. Um, I just have a couple of other questions as we think about how transactional in mm-hmm. nature, you know, many of these services are. Um, what are some things that you recommend, you know, sort of on the back end, maybe you've done everything you can to protect yourself with gloves, with masks, with extra capes, um, you know, and you're right at the point where you're ready to pay. Maybe it's with cash, maybe it's with a debit card, or you want to leave a tip or something like that. What are some things that you're aware of that we can do to sort of minimize that contact as we're closing out the transaction? So touchless payment options are preferred whenever possible. Um, that's preferred. And a lot of, of credit cards now even have the, um, the chip, well, like the little 
I don't know, Bluetooth reader. I don't know what you call it, but um, I'm not a tech person. Right, right. But you just kind of put it <laughs> close to that other signal and it picks it up for you. So you don't really touch anything. If that's not an option, then you definitely want to use some kind of device to, to uh, exchange cash or the credit card, like in a tray or something like that, not by hand. One thing that came up in one of our meetings um, with Novant was using a Q-tip to key in like PIN numbers for your credit card. So I started even doing that like in the grocery store. But obviously, if you needed to, you know, pay your, your barber and you were using your touchless credit card, but then it's asking for, or your debit card is asking for a PIN number. If you have just a, a Q-tip, you can use that to kind of put in your PIN and then throw that away just dispose of it. And then obviously um, just not having to touch like a pen or anything like that. So, you know, not having to sign for things. And if you do, then having your own in your purse Mm -hmm. or in your pocket or in your jacket. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, as we, we go out and then we come back into our homes, what, what should we be doing to keep those areas sanitized? You know, I, I saw on the view, one of the ladies' husbands is a physician and she said, you know, he literally comes in the door, strips off all his clothes and streaks upstairs to take mm-hmm. a shower, you know, and I thought, hmm, that's kind of smart. But, you know, do we need to go that far? Is that something, you know, we should think about? And what really are the most critical things that we need to sort of keep out of the mainstream of our home after we visit these facilities? You know, I would, I would say definitely, as we've talked about before, you need to wash your hands. So as soon as you, you arrive home, that's the first thing I would recommend you do is wash your hands. And then, you know, just have like a a space that you call the dirty space. So if your laundry room happens to be on the first floor, then maybe you can go in there and, and change your clothes or take your clothes off. Do a little wash up. So the things that were exposed, like if you had on a tank top or something, you know, and you've just been out and about, you can definitely just kind of wash those areas with soap and water. Um, I'm pretty much a germaphobe, so I do all of that. I definitely would change my clothes, though. Definitely. Now, a lot of times with physicians, because we see patients, what I do when I leave work is very different than what I would do you know, if I, I'm not going to dine out, but if I had um, gone to the salon, Mm -hmm. my other issues, Mm -hmm. and I know this isn't what you were asking, but I want to kind of say why or expand on why I said, I'm not going to dine out because there are things that I want to find out if they're practicing such as what are you eating with? Like, are you bringing Mm -hmm. your own utensils? Can I bring chopsticks, you know, whatever to eat or, Mm -hmm. or some kind of throwaway utensil? Or are they offering that? So I kind of just want to hear what's happening out there before I try any of that. I would just continue to do curbside pickup. But, you know, right. that that concerns me. Or what is it being served on? You know, like that plate. Because, I mean, people get hepatitis sometimes from what they're eating and how it's prepared. So, I mean, things can happen. And those things still concern me somewhat. Even if you were going out for drinks, like, is the, are they going to give you a disposable cup? Right. Right. That's a great thought. Because you're putting these things really directly into your mucous membrane. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, Dr. Davis, I want to throw you a curveball and ask you what your thoughts are on travel, you know, as we prepare to get back out there on planes and trains. Um, what do you think about travel? Is it safe just yet? And if perhaps you are in a field that you are required to travel now that things have opened back up and um, become a little more safe, um, what are some things you recommend specifically for that type of transportation? So is it safe to travel? I think certain areas, yes. But, you know, there are definitely still areas that are considered hot zones. And, you know, we've even been asked to avoid those areas. So New York, New Jersey, California, Connecticut, I think, you know, just there, there are a bunch of areas that are still considered hot zones. And so, you know, obviously, if you have to travel for work and it's to New York, um, you, you try to do everything you can to protect yourself. I mean, I've seen people in full Tyvek suits, you know, that look like they're in hazmat right. suits, basically, um, <laughs> because they're traveling from work. I've, you know, I've seen people's videos of this. You know, I'm one, it's a great question because I am somebody who normally travels a lot just for fun. And so mm -hmm. it's been kind of paralyzing for me because I can't travel knowing that I'm taking care of patients because there's a potential risk involved. So I would say you definitely need to be wearing a mask. Obviously, I would have gloves. I mean, if you're if you board a plane that's full, because we've seen that on the news, too you know, then what do you do? Do you, do you just throw the flight away and say, look, I, I can't, I can't fly with this many people. Um, that's hard because it's really hard to have social distancing and make sure that the, the air is free of germs and all of that. Most airlines are now requiring passengers to wear a mask. So that's a good thing, but there's a lot of handling of things. So I don't even know the new changes that have been implemented with baggage, you know, and bringing that, on board versus checking all bags. So I would say call the airline prior to booking that you think you're going to book with and find out, just like we said with the restaurants, what new things have been put in place to protect, you know, the, the passengers as well as the, the, the crew, the flight crew. The other thing is um, when you arrive at your destination, I mean, you're going to be staying in a hotel likely unless you're staying with family. And you, that, that opens up a whole nother can of worms, you know, so you need to find out from the hotel, you know, what new things have been implemented so that you feel safe to travel. And I'll probably do all of these things. Um, is it safe? That's the hard question. I'm going to say, I don't know. It's, it's a risk. Mm -hmm. And if it's a, if you have to do it because it's your livelihood, that's one thing. You know, I take care of several people who are flight attendants. I've checked their antibodies for different reasons because they've been sick and they were negative. They haven't even been exposed yet. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they don't get exposed. Mm -hmm. So that's reassuring. But then you, you know, you hear where there may be some airlines where there've been two or three people, you know, that are flight attendants that have been infected. So I would say, I don't know yet because we're still early in all of this. I mean, people are still contracting it. We're testing more people. And then we still have people who are irresponsible and traveling despite being sick. And, right. and we shouldn't do right. any of these things. We shouldn't dine out. We shouldn't go for salon service. We shouldn't travel if we're feeling ill. 
it may be inconvenient, but we, we need to be socially responsible. Agreed. Agreed. So I don't know if I really answered your question. <laughs> you did. It was a little bit selfish. I, I too enjoy travel and, you know, I'm just really getting the itch, but, you know, I, I continue to hear the stories and, you know, try to think critically about it. Like, is it necessary, you know, even though you just really want to step out of the current environment and, you know, it's, it's just nice to hear a professional opinion and I get it. Sometimes the opinion is, I'm not sure yet. We need to wait and watch. And I completely respect that too. So I, I appreciate you. your transparency. And you know, when it's possible drive. Yeah. Because you're in course. control then. Yeah. I mean, you know, as far as, who's in the car and keeping their distance and those right. things. But sometimes it's just not possible. Right. You're right. Well, I thank you. Those are all of my questions. I think you definitely shed a lot of light on, you know, what we can do to be safe and be cautious, but, you know, try to slip back into some sort of normalcy and enjoy some of the things that we did beforehand. So I thank you for your thank time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Gina DiPietro again. As we get back to life, everyone has questions. To help you make the best decisions, Healthy Headlines has more than a dozen stories covering a lot of territory, from shopping to swimming pools, that answer the questions you have about keeping you and your family safe. Head over to Healthy Headlines where you'll find those stories and many others. Meanwhile, if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to rate and review us. Thanks for listening.